Wonderful. Why don't you pray? I'm just going to pray before we look at the word. Lord, I thank you that we can meet with you freely. This morning as we look at your word, Lord God, I ask that you would speak to each one of us. That um, just as we sang during worship and just as we declared that we open our hearts to you. This morning, Lord, as we look at your word, I pray that you would speak to each one of us for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name. So, we had Fred and the guys from Paris here with us last week, which was brilliant. Um, uh, I'm not carrying on on that theme, but uh, if you missed it, it's all online, so it should be there for you to listen to. This morning, I want to look at something slightly different. We're going to do something for the next three weeks, looking at Micah chapter 6, verse 8. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. I just want to give you a bit of a context of Micah. Micah was one of the prophets uh, around about the same time as Isaiah. And it was um, when the kingdom of Israel was divided, there was the north and the south, uh, and uh, Israel had rebelled against God, um, and uh, Micah speaks into that situation. He brings God's um, uh, warning and God's judgment, but also with hope and faith, uh, and he speaks into that situation about uh, the Assyrian and the Babylonian invasion and the exile that is to come, but he speaks also of God's hope. And then if you read through the book, it's not very long um, and it's not a study today in the the book of Micah, but just so you've got context, there's there's back and forth between the judgment of God and the hope that God gives and uh, and how God deals with those people. But Micah chapter 6 verse 8 after all, with all of that, Micah then declares to them, this is what God says. Micah chapter 6 verse 8, he says, God has told you, O human, this is the ESV, I think it is the version, what is good And what the Lord requires of you, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Other versions would say to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And those words of act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly are the three things we're going to look at over the next three weeks. But they echo the words of Jesus in the New Testament when he speaks about us loving God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Loving God and loving others. Simply put, it's how we are to live as believers. If you want to know what God has told you to do, that's it. Hasn't changed from then to now. Act justly. Love, uh, love mercy and walk humbly before our God. Act justly or, or, or uh, um, do justice speaks about our actions towards others. Loving mercy speaks about our attitude to the things of God, but also is outworked with others. And walking humbly speaks about our relationship with God and how that affects how we walk out our lives in God. So let's jump into that. Today we're going to look at the first one, which is act justly or, or, or do justice And in Scripture, when we look at this, justice and righteousness are linked. All the way through Scripture, justice and righteousness are linked and are a big deal for God because God is just and God is righteous. And actually, we can't get away from the fact that He is the one who's created us in His image. If you had to look at the the animal kingdom, 
Stuff happens in the animal kingdom that if we humans did it, there would be an outcry. It doesn't take rocket science to think of a few things. Watch David Attenborough for one season or one series or even one program, and you'll see that the animal kingdom does stuff that if we as humans did that, we would either be imprisoned, there would be outcry, there would be revolution, I don't know what. What is it that sets us apart is this. If we go all the way back to the beginning, God created the whole earth, and the thing that sets humanity apart from everything else is that mankind was made to bear the image of God. We were created to reflect God in his likeness and in his image. That's what it says in the very beginning in Genesis. We were created to represent him and to live out in this world, ruling and reigning with his definition of what is good and evil. That's why things that actually happen in the animal kingdom, we can't do because we're not animals. Though some behave like that. We are created in the image of God. And what that means is that our identity before God, every single human, regardless of who they are, where they're from, or what they think, stands before God equally important, equally valued. And every human has the right to be treated with honor, respect, and dignity. Because every single one is created in the image of God. That then changes how we live. But we know that sin entered the world. Sin entered the world and the reality is that actually the world isn't, isn't fair, isn't lived out according to God's plan of what is right and wrong. That's because of sin. And since then, and throughout history, we see that there's this constant push of man, fallen man, which is the whole of, creation, whole of mankind, to define good and evil by their own standard in a way that suits them or works best for them. And actually, if we read Scripture and if we look at that, there's some, probably some areas that we could say that's true about us as well. And so we're going to look at what that means but it's played out throughout human history that those that are weaker or more vulnerable are taken advantage of. And it's easy to do. And we see that happening throughout Scripture. It happened in Scripture from the beginning with, through individuals, through, in families, in communities, in nations. We see it all the way through Scripture as well as through history that we can read that actually the same thing happens. God's instruction was the same and is echoed in Micah. It wasn't first spoken in Micah, but all the way from the beginning was that we would act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. But we see that's not what happens. In Genesis chapter 18, we see God's plan. God's plan when he calls Abraham... He, he decides that through this man, Abraham, he's going to create a new family and a new people, the nation of Israel. That he is, and, and it says this in Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. For I have chosen him, I've chosen Abraham, so that he will direct his children and the household after him to keep the way of the Lord, doing what is right and what is just. And yet we see, didn't happen. 
And we see it repeated time and time again. Those words in Genesis chapter 18 that God speaks of being doing right and just, being right and just, being doing a justice. The Hebrew of those words speaks about an ethical standard that refers to a right relationship between people, between God and between people, and uh, treating people with dignity and justice. And that word justice in the Hebrew has got two parts to it. One is retributive justice. In other words, if you do something wrong, the retributive justice means that you face the consequence. That's the one part. The other part is what is called restorative justice, which means it's far more proactive. It means for us to seek out the vulnerable and those who are taken advantage of and help them and restore them to dignity. Far more than just charity, but a, a restoring people and taking steps to help them, to, help, to take steps to, to change society in a way that reflects a restored dignity and relationship with people. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 and 9 says this, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the right of those who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. It's a radical, selfless life that we call to. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 3 speaks of the same thing, but in Psalm 146, It says this from verse 7 to 8. This is speaking of God. Because remember, we're the image bearers of God. So our lives are to reflect God in the world that we live in with regard to these things. It says, He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down. And the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widows. He frustrates the way of the guilty or the wicked. And that word, guilty or wicked, means one who mistreats another, ignoring their dignity as an image bearer of God. And we see through Scripture, we see that Abraham and Israel and and the whole way through Scripture, we see that it isn't outworked exactly as God planned in the beginning that we would walk with justice, mercy, and and, and, um, humbly before him. And we see that actually Israel becomes oppressed by the Egyptians. And that they then become and are taken advantage of as slaves. And God comes and brings them to a place of salvation. And all of that reflects our relationship with God. And you would think that actually if they've done that, then they've experienced that. And so as they come into their promised land, that they would live in a way that reflects that justice of God and that they've been redeemed. But what happens is, not only with them, but also all the way through, the tragedy is that those, that nation who were once oppressed and are redeemed and are set free become the oppressors. And we see that through history. The exact same thing, time and time again. If someone is oppressed, we see it in revolutions, you see it in, you just read some history books and you'll see that those who are oppressed and, and then kind of become those who are, have authority and dignity then often become those who then oppress others. Why? Because there's that sinful nature in man that works against the plan of God, which is to walk justly to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. 
and there's that fallen nature of man, and they're not the only ones, the Israelites, but all humanity has that, seen that. You see, humans seem to participate in injustice constantly. And whether that's actively, passively, or, or, or even unintentionally. But what we need to look at is God, who doesn't give up. Who always says that we need to, to walk with justice. And God's response to a world that has fallen, to a world that does not behave in that way, is what? He sends his son Jesus. He sends his son Jesus, the gift of Jesus, who is righteous, yet died on the behalf of all of those who were guilty. He's described or declared righteous when he rose from the dead, but then he offers his life and his righteousness for us so that we can be declared righteous before God, that we can live free in that place. And you see, if we live with an understanding of that status, the new status and power that changes our lives, which is of Jesus, surely, surely our response should be exactly what God said, to walk justly. If God declares us righteous, then shouldn't we in our response be those who seek out others who need to encounter Jesus and go and help them come to a place of righteousness and justice before God. It's not easy and it's not convenient, but it's what God's called us to. And by what I mean by saying that we're called to be those who act justly, I'm not saying that we must be militant or cause-orientated. What I'm saying is this. As a believer, our entire life Our lifestyle must be one that acts justly or lives with justice. So how do we respond? See, even when we read Micah, it says, act justly, or some translations say, do justice, or be just. The very beginning we read that, it's it's more than just thinking. It's more than just a concept for us to think and think, well, that's a good idea. It doesn't think justly or consider to be, it says be, act, do. Not as an event, but as a lifestyle. And so in our response to God, we should be those who who constantly live acting, being, doing justice. Jesus taught it. If you think of the, the, the parable that most people would know, even if they're unsaved, would know the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's someone who acted or, 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 or did justice, acted justly. The guy was beaten up on the side of the road. He saw that he was in need and went with compassion and grace and mercy. And there was justice, that justice was being done. Jesus taught, love your neighbor. He also taught, love your enemy. And when we look at his life, everybody that he deals with, he deals with in a way that is just. That treats them with human, every human with dignity and respect of equal value before God. How he spoke to lepers, the sick, 
the outcasts, the untouchables, the wealthy, the religious leaders, the, the scholars, the Gentiles. The, there was no one that God did not treat with dignity, respect, and justice. So how much more should we live that? Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 onwards, Jesus teaches, he says, When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. And they said, but when? We didn't see any of that. What does he respond? When you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. You see, as image bearers of God, we have a responsibility to live out the truth of God's kingdom, of his forgiveness, of his grace, of his dignity, to act justly towards those that are around us. This world we live in doesn't do that. If, if you look at, you just have to read the news, you have to just walk into your office probably, and you see that people don't do that. They want to look for an advantage for themselves. Promote themselves. Climb the ladder. Do this. Do that. If it fits and works out for me, then this is what we do. There's one that tries to get... There's discrimination everywhere. There's prejudice everywhere, but it should not be in the church. And that's not a cause or a banner. It's the lifestyle of a believer should be that which recognizes that every single person is created as an image bearer of God, has value, dignity, and is worthy of honor and respect. Why do you think there's such an attack on respect for others in the world we live? Because it hits the very heart of how God calls us to live with each other. God says, it's in the book of James from verse 2, and I think, well, how does that fit with me? I don't think I'm like... In, in James chapter 2, verse 1 to 13, it speaks about us not showing favoritism. It says, if someone comes into your meeting wearing fine clothes and everything else, and you say, sit here in the special seat, and if someone comes in dirty and not with that, then you say, well, sit here at my feet, saying that we're evil because we've judged and we've shown favoritism, and we shouldn't do that. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 17, speaks clearly about obeying the law of the land, walking with justice, being just, upholding the laws, loving your neighbor. It's clear. Our call as the children of God, made righteous before him, forgiven, set free with restored hope and dignity and everything else, are to be those who, who, and, and we know what that means. It means that we to be those who live that out. That we live out from this place of we do justice, we are act, act justly. So that there's no compromise, so that there's no gray area, that there's no, uh, and also that we would step in on behalf of others. That means day in and day out. That means if you're at work and someone at work is picking on someone else, stand up for them. It's simple. You see, if we, if we called to do that, we, we know what God has called us to be. And, and we of all people should understand that before God we are all equal. And if we don't change the way we behave or the way we behave publicly and the way we behave publicly, not all, 
how is society going to change? They can put movements in place. They can put boards that watch this and do that. And or we, are the, we are the ones who God uses to bring change in society. Now, I'm not saying militant, like I've said before, by our lifestyle. So the challenge for you and me is when you meet someone, regardless of who they are, is your response one of openness of heart, of love and acceptance because they are image bearers of God. They are human and therefore are worthy of respect and honor. Or do we judge and think, well, not this one, but that one. That's not what God calls us to. When he says we to act justly or be just, it's in every area of our lives. Justice and righteousness before God. He is just. He is righteous. And that justice is a redemptive justice, a restorative justice. So practically we love others. We treat others as equal with dignity and respect. We value, we consider it in our attitudes, in our actions, in our words. We stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. As believers, we have the responsibility to treat others God's way. See, Adam and Eve before the fall were created to reflect the image of God and to rule and reign according to God's way and God's truth of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil, not the world's way. That's why it's so important that we understand the word of God and read the word of God so that we know what the word of God says. And that's what we live from, not what the world says. Treating all people with dignity, respect, and honor. Those that at work, those who are above you at work, or those who are below you at work. All the way from, I don't know, a cleaner to the king. We treat them all equally. Why? Because before God, we all stand equal. We all have value. We all created in his likeness. So my question is, how are you doing? with that allow yourself to be challenged by the spirit of God so that there's consistency in every area of our lives what, who and what we are in private, who and what we are in public what we say and what we think what we do and how we behave all need to add up if we don't set the example who will if we don't set the example and point them to Jesus how will they see And it's not just how we respond to those in the church family. It's how we respond to everybody. Micah chapter 8 has told us, he said, he has told you what is good and what he requires of you. What God requires of you and what God requires of me is to be just. To act justly in all things to all people. And so as we end off, I, I just, I mean, during our worship this morning, there's a real sense of the need to respond to God. I think when we hear the truth of God, you've called us to act justly, to be just and fair and righteous according to his word of what that means, not the world's. It requires us to respond. It requires us to say, God, by your Holy Spirit, just show me. I think it's Psalm, 
think it's Psalm 3, I'm not sure what verse, but it says, when you're on your beds, sit quiet, I think it's sit quietly and reflect and ask God to show you. Well, I'm badly quoting these things. Uh, Psalm 4, sorry. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent and offer the right sacrifice to God. It's that same response of, I'm just going to ask as I pray, you just sit silently and say, God, search my heart. Show me where I need to make the adjustments. Show me where I need to adjust in my attitude towards others. That we would not be those who are prejudiced or in any way treat anybody differently. Because every single person, no matter what background, no matter what culture, no matter what socioeconomic group, no matter how young or how old, every person is created in the image of God. That's what sets us apart from the rest of creation. Which requires us to treat others with value, respect, dignity. To point them to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, in all the richness of your scripture and the truth of your word, we thank you that some things are clear and simple. But Lord, we acknowledge it doesn't mean it's easy to live out. And Lord, where we read this morning that you've said what, is, what we are to do and what is good and what you require of us is to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. This morning, Lord, as we consider what it means to act justly or be just in our relationship and how we meet with others, God, this morning we quieten our hearts before you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would search our hearts, our attitudes, and reveal to us where we need to make adjustments. Lord, that each one of us would reflect you as we live out our lives, honoring, respecting, treating others justly, Standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Valuing every person. And Lord, that our hearts would break for them. That we would stand in the gap on their behalf. That they can come to knowledge and a relationship with you. And find wholeness, forgiveness, salvation. God, that there would be nothing that we do, think, say that would stand in the way of people coming to you, Jesus. Lord, as your children, we acknowledge that our responsibility is to live a lifestyle of acting justly in every area. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would strengthen, empower, and enable each one of us to live that out effectively and in a God-honoring way. That we would see the nations transformed, starting on our households and doorsteps, for the sake of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
Wonderful. Please join us for tea and coffee and I know there's cake because it came from our house.